0: So I want to I want to start by thanking my Saffta for having us and hosting us this Shabbos. I know we've been uh, we've been trying for a while to get out to Denver. Um, special place in my heart for this city. Uh, special place in my heart. I mean, uh, I remember mostly uh, as just mentioning the house on 300 South Forest, and uh, I remember I remember sitting with Dove and Ari and having barbecues the summer that I went to uh, to Camp Shai. I don't know if that's still around. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then I managed to uh, have my own grandparents send me home because <laughs> I was causing them too much aggravation. <laughs> I broke, I broke a wrist and I got stitches. I split open my face. Uh, mountain biking and playing roller hockey, and my softa said. Uh, I said to him, Mayor, "You need to take it back already. This is crazy." Um, but I, I even got to go to my dad's doctors. I remember um, uh, coming out to this place and uh, and then remembering uh, remembering my Saba's final years in this apartment, in this very apartment, and uh, having my Saba's, uh uh, holy face uh, staring out, and I'm going to try and keep it together tonight. That's uh, that's the plan. Um, but uh, all, it should be said, it should be prefaced. The tremendous akharas to my Safta uh, and also to my uncle David, uh, especially for showing me the way to uh, BMHBJ the Shabbos to uh, dot in uh, dot in its uh, temporary home. And um, I remember my sabas excitement. Uh, at the starting of that and gave my as he writes in his uh, in his book gave him a tremendous amount of uh, sipa kanefesh to be able to help with the establishment of another educational institution in Denver passed by hillel on the way back from the delhi um so there's a lot of i, I don't want to say ghosts because it's a positive thing there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of deep embedded memories this was like uh, this community and the people here uh, is very much was like a second home for me. It was something I was really proud of, because uh, especially bringing Denver, Denver kids to my uh, bar mitzvah at the White Shill and having all those spoiled five towns kids, like ask them, like, what do you go to school in covered wagons and like, you know, say orange, let's hear how you say it, what's the Western twang? Um, so it made me feel a special degree of pride that I was connected to this uh, to this city and to the people here and, uh, and very much uh, proud of my Saba and Safta's impact uh, on this city. Uh, and on the and on the Jewish community here. So I wanted to uh, speak about a particular topic. Really, we're just going to be learning one Gemara tonight, and then uh, an excerpt or two from my uh, from Saba's biography. But the topic I want to talk about tonight was to sort of encapsulate. Uh, how would I encapsulate my Sabbath or or this Saba's teachings for us? Uh, is I think uh, is encapsulated in one pasuk that comes from and it's a profoundly important pasuk that comes from the end of Sefer Chabakuk, uh, which is a small. It's really only 54 psukim. It's only three chapters, two narrative chapters, one chapter that deals with basically a tefillah or a shirah of Chabakuk, tefillah la shigyonos. But uh, we'll get to that in a moment. We'll talk about this beautiful short work. And the pasuk that comes in there is uh, from the second chapter, and the pasuk says it finishes off. It says, "Hine uh, uflav tzadik yichya." that the righteous, it's hard to translate because uh, almost every one of those words is, uh, needs, uh, is metonymic in the sense that there's so many other words that are, that are needed to, to, to define it. A tzaddik is a difficult, nebulous term to translate. We, we'll say righteous, a righteous individual, be'emunaso, uh, faith, I guess we'll go with that term, but it means so much more. And then yichya means to live, but also in the sense that it's used in the Pasuk, it, 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 conf, it conveys and confers far more meaning than that which uh, simple uh, JPS translation or an arts world translation is able to communicate, or Sincino translation is able to communicate to us. I want to start off by saying uh, a little something about this Parsha. This week's Parsha is, according to my understanding, uh, was a very important Parsha for survivors, especially survivors of Auschwitz. Uh, that this was the Shabbos. Shira, it was also the Shabbos of liberation. That this was the Shabbos that was marked when the Red Army came and liberated uh, those that had managed to survive in Auschwitz. Uh, my Saba writes, and this is something that is uh, Deeply, um, you know, it's kind of like uh, you have to believe uh, in order, you have to really have belief because without it, this kind of an injustice, this kind of a travesty would have no rectification whatsoever. Is that my Saba's father, who managed to make it through, uh, who managed to make it through uh, pretty much all of uh, their suffering in the camps. He managed to even stay close to my Saba through, was taken on a march towards the end, and uh, and there he died before liberation. And uh, apparently my saba writes that word got to him that his father uh, was certain that my Saba had perished because of being left behind. Uh, so that kind of... Uh, Monumental, you know. There's, there's nothing. There's no words to go ahead and describe that kind of uh, uh, unbelievable thing. Because my saba certainly did survive, and survive he did. And uh, I guess that's what's why I'm here. Um, but, uh, but that kind. So, so it's for both of them. Uh, because the truth is, is that uh, while my saba was able to celebrate Shabboshira as the Shabbos of liberation, as were the Jews celebrating their liberation from Golis Mitzrayim 210 years of Avodas Parach and 400 years of of, of of prolonged persecution in, uh, in Mitzrayim, in the Kur HaBarzel, in the Iron Furnace of Egypt. Uh, this was their Shabbos, this was their redemption song, right? Bob Marley said it right. This is the redemption song that they sang when they came out. Shir HaChadash This was the new song, tomorrow's song, that the Jewish people sang as they recognized we're redeemed. Finally, at last, we're redeemed. And... Um, And the sense of the Shabbos being a Shabbos that also comes usually last two years. It's been a Shabbos. I was mentioning before on the fourth of my Sabbath of Yisrael and of David, uh, that is Yortzev. It was this past Shabbos. I wasn't here this past Shabbos. Uh, We weren't here this past Shabbos. But... um, but to be able to go ahead and to dedicate this to my Saba's memory and also to the memory of, uh, I believe we're out of source sheets, so if, if uh, sharing is caring, as they say, uh, and also they, uh, there's a little bit, uh, the ink thing come out exactly right, but uh, you can listen in. So the, the, there's a beautiful idea that Rabbeinu Bachaye talks about, the medieval commentator. He says that there's a strange term that's used to describe the Jewish people as they are approaching the Yamsuf. The term that's used is vaivaku hamayim. Vaivaku is a strange thing because in our parlance we call it kriyas We call it kriya, is sort of like a tearing. Kriya is a lashon that's used most prominently now in the laws of Avelos, the laws of kriya, when we tear kriya for somebody lo aleinu. So we talk about kriyas yamsaf, but really it should be bekiyas yamsaf. It should be a splitting. Bikiya, if I could sort of like, you could have to... To translate it right, Bekia means to open, and then it continues to open. And it's, uh, Rabbeinu B'chayi says, he quotes a Medrash, that it wasn't that in one fell swoop that the Yam opened up and the Jews were able to cross on the Yabasha within the Yam. Rabbein Nebuchadnezzar says, the Medrash tells us that it was actually a far more profound and scary thing, it was far more fraught that really it didn't just happen Nachshon Ben-Amin jumped in and the water split, but with every step that they took, the water would go ahead and split a little bit more. That Every step was a step of Emunah. Every step, every tza'ad that they took along the way was a way in actualizing the miracle, showing that there was always a symbiotic relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael when it comes to miracles, that we have to be able to accept miracles, like the Rabbi spoke about today so beautifully, right, right, from the great miracles that the Rambam tells, Rambam tells us, great miracles, we could see the tiny miracles. So Kriyas Yamsuf was, of course, a massive miracle, maybe one of the greatest ever, according to the Balatanya. This amazing thing, Kafu, the mayim, turned into frozen waters on the side. It congealed and then it froze up. But if we can imagine that that wall develops as they're moving along, because every single step is a small miracle along the way. Every single tzad that they took was a way in which the miracle was actualized. And the word that's used is Vayivaku HaMaim, the splitting that comes off. It's interesting to note that I'm not uh, smart enough to tell you if this is the only other place that appears previously in the Torah. But does anybody, and maybe we'll make this the interactive portion, right? Does anybody know another place in the Torah prominently where this shorash, this word va'yivaka, comes, and it also comes in the framework of emuna? So, as a teacher, I'm supposed to Vayako Avinu. How so? It could be that I'm missing it. It's actually, it's most likely that I'm missing it. Gugolas. So interesting, right? So that's Parshas Hashkalim, right? So that's that's interesting thing. So the, the, the if you think if you if, if you're thinking, you can still think I'm I'm open to more sessions. Hi. Not to my not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. Vayivakumayinos beautiful. Okay, so you see, I was wrong. That's amazing. Vayivakumayinos toham that talks about the miracle of the waters coming up from the bottom. Amazing. The term I was thinking of, it's also rephrased that uh, that is described again in Yarde Onios Yam in the Tehilim Kufzayin. The term I was thinking of is that Hashem says to Avram Avinu, and the greatest test of faith that the Jew has ever undergone by the Akita. So Kodesh says to Avraham, "Nu kach es binchos yechidchah shara haftev So the Torah tells us that Avram, with the command to sacrifice his one only beloved son, ki b'yitzchak yikari that his legacy is going to continue through the son. So vayashke Avram bavoker, he awakes right away, and what's the first thing that Avram starts to do? Vayivaka atse ola. Avram and that's it's a beautiful imagery because you don't anybody that's chopped wood it doesn't just split all at once the way that the wood chops is you take right you have to hammer away at it and it starts to split a little bit more so I was thinking that of course this term by Yivaka this slow splitting that what must have been going through Avram Avinu's mind with every swing of the axe or hatchet as this logs are being split open to be able to bring his son as a sacrifice so it's this Nisayon this mivcha, nemuna, this test of faith is once again And that Shoresh crops up again by the test of faith by the Jewish people, sacrificing themselves as it were to go away because they were terrified. They were terrified of the whole encounter. Even after the water slipped, they told they told Moshe Rabbeinu they had to be reminded twice. Right? Even God has to tell Moshe, What are you What are you crying out to me for now? Right? Rashi tells us, "Lo Now's not the time to go ahead and to to daven And to, now's the time, speak to the Jewish people and get moving. It's time to go ahead. It's time for action. But the people were so afraid. They they say, "Were well, there are not enough graves?" Right? There was enough. Not enough for us to die in Egypt, right? At least over there, we were able to have bread. We had our daily bread. We had the expected rations. But now we're cast out into a cruel and uncertain world with doubts. And this is how the test. This is how the test of Jewish people on their journey to Har Sinai happened. So this Mivchan this this living life, step by step by step, and each step is one that goes ahead and reveals a new miracle. That goes ahead and reveals a new element. Is certainly how I conceived of my Saba's own life, uh, and certainly it's accessible to all of us in the in the biography that was put together uh, based on the the larger book that was uh, written that was given to us at our Bar Mitzvah. Certainly, in retrospect, uh, maybe. Uh, not the most appropriate reading material for a bar mitzvah, because in my in the, in the unedited versions, my saba is unsparing um, is unsparing with his theological questions, his inner life, the difficulties that even cropped up later on, even after he was redeemed um, but uh, but my Saba describes in each small chapter I conceive of like this uh, like Rana Bahai is telling us this notion of that my Saba saw, whether it was taking him to Manhattan, whether it was taking him to Israel uh, to meet my Safta on an impromptu trip organized by their two sisters uh, who were convalescing from, uh, from a TB, I believe. Whether it was going to Denver and finding himself in Westchester Day School before that, after Westchester Day School. I mean, reading my Saba's descriptions, I, I try and be a teacher now, is the most amazing thing. And then moving to Denver and this... You know, this amazing place with the mountains. The a mountain boy found his uh, his home here uh, to be able to see from the Carpathian Mountains to these mountains. And then in the in his peregrinations, whether it was back to Eretz Yisrael or to Hartford, back to Denver, all these different things. And then we came into his life. Uh, the way that I would like to conceptualize my Staba's life was one of the sense of that with every step, a new miracle appeared. And uh, I certainly was... Uh, It it was a a heavy thing to be around uh, often, especially as the eldest grandchild um, because, because Saba lets you know. Saba lets you know that every moment that he was spending with you was a miracle. And 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 it wasn't just like he wasn't paying lip service to that notion. He was act, he was actually articulating that that this this is what was keeping him going, right? So one of the lines that my saba and this is personal, but he writes in the book also. it's a "Nafshik shur right? Our souls are intertwined. This sense this sense that uh, that in somehow in some way you know that uh, my brothers and I were sustaining him. I mean the, that's that's a little heavy for a spoiled brat, but. Um, but, uh, but that's but that's exactly how it was that's exactly how how we conceived of it. So I wanted to talk about what a faith like that might look like. And in doing so, I want to take a look at an incredible, I think, uh, really just a beautiful, beautiful Gemara. It's an extended Gemara, so I'm going to ask for your forbearance as we go through it. And we learn a little, uh, a little Torah. And as we move to this section, I wanted to uh, quote that the Medrash tells us, it appears in Tana Le Yahu, it also appears in Pirkei Derav The Medrash says, right now we're in Matzai Shabbos, this is the Sa'uda, the Malav Malka that nobody touched and my Safta, is going to be very upset. If you don't, right? If you if you don't do it, right? So this su'ud of David Malka Meshicha of Shalash that this uh, of not Shalash Shudis of Malava Malka that we're going ahead and we're trying to draw Shabbos out into the week a little bit. So we say that the the, the Navi at this time that uh, the very the very last words of prophecy to the Jewish people in uh, I believe in Malachi the Navi tells us. So that's hopefully what we're going to be engaged in, that Eliyahu is going to return the hearts of children to their parents, the parents to children, this intertwining, as interspersing of the generations to bring them back together. And that's hopefully what we're engaged in here, an act of, uh, at least for myself, an act of, of intertwining and folding generations one onto the other. And, uh, and in doing so, we, we echo what the Medrash tells us, that every Matzei Shabbos, Eliyahu Navi sits by a tree, in Ganeaden, ostensibly, or maybe it's a tree. I, I said once a tree in Central Park, or a tree in Brooklyn, or a tree, uh, you know, in uh, in this park over here. And it's not Crestmore anymore. And Lex. Or whatever, or, or a tree in a tree in Estes Park. Whatever it is that Eliyahu Navi sits by that tree on Matzah Shabbos, and Eliyahu Navi goes ahead and shall you That Eliyahu Navi goes ahead and writes down the merits of the Jewish people. What are we going to be able to carry into the new week? What's going to go ahead and allow us to forge ahead into a new week, a new experience of chol, a new experience of the mundanity of the week? How are we going to deal with that? So Eliyahu Navi writes down all the merits of Israel. So this Gemara, I think, is. Going going to be instructing and writing down the merits of uh, of Saba so let's jump right into it. So the Gemara says, Darish Rabbi Simlai. Rabbi Simlai said, There's an English translation in the left column. You could follow along and you could check me uh, if I make any mistakes. Uh, missing here, interestingly, is Missinai. It's a different question. 630 mitzvahs were commanded to Moshe at Sinai. This is, by the way, one of the locust classicus that exists for us for the concept of having a Tariag mitzvah. The concept of having 613 mitzvahs bechlal, one might ask, it seems like such a foundational core concept in Judaism that uh, so many, there's a a whole... a literary endeavor, a whole library filled of Moneha mitzvahs, people that uh, go ahead and struggle. How do we fit this mitzvah, that mitzvah into the count of six hundred and thirteen? So it comes from here and I believe one other place as well with the Chagiga. It says Sheshmoz Meos Lavin, three hundred and uh, three hundred and sixty-five Lavin, three hundred and sixty-five adjurations not to do this and not to do that. At Lav and Lotaseh's uh, prohibitions, according to the solar calendar, 365 days of the solar year. And 248 positive commandments, commandments that we should do, that are all connected the bones and sinews and limbs of an individual. Rav Hamluna said, what is the meaning of the Pasuk Torah? Tziva nu Moshe Morasha That Moshe has commanded us with this Torah and in inheritance. So he says, Torah is Gematria 611. This teaches us a, a very interesting concept that there are two seemingly paramount mitzvahs. That even though we would say that all the mitzvahs are in a sense equivalent. All the mitzvahs are in a sense for example, we say that you shouldn't go ahead, the Gemara tells us in Pirkei Avos, I believe, every person has to be careful, has to be circumspect with a light mitzvah just as they are with a great mitzvah. The, the, the point is, is that even though all mitzvahs, because nobody knows the reward that we get for mitzvah. So even though in one sense all the mitzvahs are the same, we do see that there is in a sense paramount mitzvahs, mitzvahs of all encompassing importance, that there is a sense that we can encapsulate the mitzvahs into a higher principle. And these two mitzvahs that stand above the rest over here are the two mitzvahs that were said directly to the Jewish people at the Theophany, the revelation at Harsinai, Anochi, I am Hashem your God, Lo and that you should not have any other gods. That uh, these two, Mipiak Vura Shamanum, these were heard directly from God Almighty Himself. Therefore, they're not, they're not commanded by Moshe. They were directly commanded by Kashbahu, Not Derech, right? Kipel peri daver that it's not directly through the conduit of Moshe Rabbeinu mitoch Geron. Moshe Rabbeinu was simply a conduit. Not simply. If there's any concept that's not simple it's that concept. But these two mitzvahs were not, were not through Moshe as a conduit. Ba David, Part B. Ba David veheit midon al-echat David Amelech came and he established, meaning he folded in, in a sense. There was an infolding of the entire concepts of all these mitzvahs on 11 of them. Now, I want to pause over here to talk about the fact that this is actually kind of like a strange thing to do because the in Brachos excoriates the meaning. It excoriates those heretics that went ahead and decided that you could take all the Torah's mitzvahs and say, in truth, we really only have 10 that we need to focus on. And then even those were tossed out. And that was one of the reasons Gemara and Brachas tells us that they ceased the recitation of the Decalogue, of the Aseret HaDibrod in the base Knesset, because of Tar-Omes Amin, and because of the fact that the heretics said, look, these are the important ones, there are no other important ones. So what this Gemara is doing is not that. What David HaMelech is doing is obviously not that. Khalila vechas. Right? It's not, uh, not there's, there's oceans of difference between them what we're talking about over here is instead of saying mitzvahs that are representative of all the other mitzvahs what are mitzvahs that could go ahead and we could, we could see uh, the kernel the idea of all the other Tariyak mitzvahs within these mitzvahs right? where do we locate it and you'll see that it's, it's founded on strong scriptural foundations over here and, uh, and we'll see David is not the end of the story but David ve'imid on a lechat a t'chsiv Mizmor Lidavid. Ashem Yogur Baalakha, Mishkoimbar Katshecha, Holik Tami Mupot Sadek, Dove Em S Bilvavo, Loragalishonolo Asoler Ra, Herplolonasa Krovo, Nivze Venov Nimas, Vesgire Ashem Yikpot, Nishbala Rovlo Yomir, Kaspalonosam Benashech, Veshocha Dnockilo Lokov, Osa Eila, Lo Lolam. Does it sound familiar the way that I said it right now? Yes. How does it where does this come from? You say it. Wrong. At a Levaya, this is usually the second, right? Sometimes we start with Ashe Aish, the first kapitl in all of Tehillim. Aish, alach lo but this is, this is really, if you look in the RCA, I know it's true because it's in the RCA Madrich. and usually because it's the second chapter of Tilim so it's given to the junior rabbi. It's given to the, uh, given to the junior rabbi, you know, let's give him something to say. So this is the tilim that's recited at a funeral that we talk about, and this... This tehillim that we say at a funeral, this kapitol that we say, actually goes ahead and says, what does a, a good Jewish life look like? What is a good Jewish person? What, is, what are their activities? What are the things that they do? And that's why it, it has such a place of prominence at uh, one of our most profound of ritual observances at a Levay Elo Aleinu. So let's go through each of the psukim. There's a translation over here, but in the interest of time, we'll eschew the translation. Again, it's, it's, it's beautiful imagery, a description of, of a tzaddik, one might say, a description of a righteous individual. And that's important because we're going to come full circle with the complete infolding of all the tariag mitzvahs into one mitzvah at the end of this gemara, at the climax of this gemara. So a tzaddik is described as somebody who speaks truth, both in his heart and outside. He doesn't have, like, he doesn't talk to one people. He's not, he's not dofi, he's not two mouths, right? The Dabir dofi that we clap al chit, right? To speak with two mouths. You have one speech, for people on the outside, you know it 's like uh, 'm a rabbi, so like I have to be very good at diplomatic speech. hi, Shabbat Shalom, good to see you, and then you know you have this so you want to try not to be dofi and not you try to not have double speak with people. you want to be honest and straight with everybody, somebody that doesn 't go ahead and 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 lie, somebody that treats people fairly in business matters, somebody that goes ahead and looks at um it looks at evil and despises it and knows what's right. These are all traits and characteristics of a tzaddik, of a righteous individual. See, so now the Gemara does something beautiful. It darshins. Every part of this capital, every statement, every clause over here is expounded upon to tell us who we're talking about. What kind of an individual are we talking about? So to walk in wholeheartedness with God, that's Avram. Dixiv. He saw the Neviat Avram Avinu. Of course, did a lot of walking. We meet him walking. We meet him. Well, not really. He's described in uh, genealogy in a partial before. But when we first, he first comes onto the scene. Avram Avinu is okay. Lech right? You gotta go. That's holy Tamim, not with the naivete, but with a uh, sense of divine, uh, of divine purpose with every step that you're taking. So that's. Uh, so again. So, my Saba's journey, he talks about walking often, he talks about in the beginning, after he survived, and we're going to do this for each one, just as a, a warning, I guess. So, for each one, some of my Saba's walking, so every step of his way, when it started, my Saba's, uh, his main injury that he suffered, so he had, uh, he had such a bad leg injury, and he had a number of failed operations on his leg, uh, it was also something that likely saved him because he was in the hospital for a few actions in the camps, but that, that made walking, and any, especially towards the end of his life, I mean, coming up these stairs was, was nearly impossible for him. But, uh, but to walk with that, but he was holy chtamin. He walked with a certain, a certain degree of wholeheartedness. This was part, this pain in walking, and this sense of trudging along the trek, the odyssey, as he called it, that was with temimus, that was with the sense of being whole with God. Paul so what does it mean to go ahead and to do acts of righteousness, works of righteousness? Like Abba Chilkiyahu, so the translation is on the other page. Abba Chilkiyahu is a person who would not pause from his labor to even greet other people. It's like, for example, we talk about in the Gemara of Right, the Mishnayas talk about people, there were workers in trees that would daven a truncated Shmone Esrei, depending on the kind of tree it was, of course. A truncated Shmone Esrei, or a truncated Birkas Amazon because they knew that the time on the clock is not your own time. That when you're working for when you're working for a boss a boss of Adam so there's the same degree of fealty there's the same degree of honesty and yashrus that has to animate the way that I'm working for that person as well so even God goes ahead and says I'm a vactor a little bit on, on what you have to do for me make sure you stay on the clock you don't waste a moment of your boss's time so that's Abel Chilkio he's Paul Tzedek he works with righteousness even when he's going ahead and he's laboring he's not going to interrupt for frivolity he's not going to interrupt to go ahead and to uh, you know to take. Extended bathroom break to check every single notification he has for the last two hours. Not that that ever happens to anybody at work, but but that's that's what Paul said. The kid is M. He speaks truth in his heart. Kigon That's like rassafra. Rassafra is um, rassafra goes ahead and he tells us that this is. This was an individual that went ahead and spoke truth to everybody. L'ra'gula l'shono zayakvavinu, somebody that didn't teach any sort of uh, lies on his mouth. So interestingly enough, we associate this with Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, we say titain emes liYaakov is a difficult, uh, complex topic in its own right. Rabbi uh, Friedman, Rabbi Friedman mentioned today. He quoted a David Pinkus. So David Pinkus, even though his best. Uh, who am I to say this? Ridiculous. But the, but the most profound works that come from Shimshon David Pinkus are the works that he wrote on his own. There's Sharm Betfilo, which the rabbi mentioned today. There's Shabbos Malchasa. There's Brachos Becheshbon. those are all unbelievable Sfarim. Then his Talmidim, <coughs> excuse me, then his Talmidim went ahead and they took, <coughs> they took from tape uh, a number of his other lectures. And they went ahead and they put it into Sfarim. <coughs> so the language is a little bit less elusive. It's a little bit less <clears throat> excuse me, I'm okay. Uh, it's a little bit less uh, beautiful in writing, but the ideas are still quite beautiful. So in his uh, book on faith, on Imuna, so he has a whole portion about Yaakov, about talking about what does it mean Tite emesli Yaakov. They says it's Tavka Yaakov, a person who is embroiled in so many falsehoods and in such a in, in the complexity and the opaqueness of human dealings and Yaakov who had to go ahead and had to mess with the edges of what might be capital T truths for the higher truth, for the real truth. Yaakov Avinu is the one who teaches us truth and we find that with Yaakov... That's nice of you. We find that... (laughs) Okay, I promise that we'll finish on time. if If I can help it. If I can help it. So Yaakov Avinu is a strange person to associate with the concept of truth, but in the end, when you do a little Talmud Torah, which is like every tough question in Judaism, you just have to learn about it a little bit more, and then you see something beautiful, right? Then we're, you know, all we have to do is remove whatever's covering our eyes to see the beauty. Yaakov Avinu, who I can imagine may be one of my students, you know, and and in their beautiful way saying, Rabbi, Yaakov Avinu, all he does is lie. Chalila, right? All he does is... All he does has Raghilele Shono, right? He's, he's messing with language, he's fudging words, and, and that comes up most prominently in one of the most difficult uh, stories in the Torah, of Yaakov receiving and taking the brachos-intended for, for Esav, the brachas that were intended for primogeniture. So we find that this Gemara says, <laughs> Let's talk about Yaakov, right? that Yaakov, when he's getting the brachos, so he says, maybe my father will go ahead and he'll touch me, and he didn't want to fully mislead his father. He had to do this. Yaakov had to get these brachas, and the truth is they were rightfully coming to him, but Yaakov also had to deal with an Esau, Right? We, we could ask questions on Yaakov, we could have and it's easy for us because we don't have an Esav to deal with Yaakov had to deal with an Esav, so Yaakov had to do the best that he could in order to make sure that the brachos did come to him as they were rightfully so. So the language that he uses and, and the way that he, the language is flowered up a little bit. So that's what that's the definition of Lo Ragel talking about the way that my Saba spoke to people. My Saba spoke to me, I think probably differently many times than he would speak to other people, but my sabu was somebody that was very direct in his language. My sabu was somebody that um, that did not waste time uh, getting to the point, my sabu's sense of humor uh, was sometimes quite biting, it was sometimes, uh, you know, he did not, uh, I wouldn't say it's you know he would he would laugh at me if I said my Saba didn't suffer fools so much. But he I would say not suffer fools, but he didn't have time for that. There was so much work to be done, and there was so much. Whether well, it was even av- when he was retired, it was almost like he was working harder to make sure that the books that he was working on would be able to be published or republished. Um, Special s'chus that I have as an elementary school, a middle school educator to be able to go and to use that in my teaching. My brother Jake does it in his own teaching. was able to even use my sabba's own book, but but he was always involved with that. There was work to be done, so people need to be spoken to directly. And they didn't need to go ahead and mince words with people and pretend that you need to butter it up. And that was in his humor, that was in the way they talked to people, and it was also the way that he dealt with halachic matters as well. And there was a sense that there's emes, and then there's going ahead and fudging the truth because you're afraid to say the emes. My sab was not afraid to say the truth. Continuing, Lo asal he didn't do to his. Uh, he didn't do to anybody near him, to his friends, to people around him. He didn't do bad to them. That he doesn't go ahead over here. It talks about um, right, We call it a sagas right? We talk about a sagas gvol, right? We have, uh, people seem to uh, in the pizza industry, kosher pizza industry. This is certainly a problem, right? The five towns where I'm from. You have like five pizza stores within uh, within uh, on one block. But the idea is, I guess that's okay. They they have. Uh, they have the right to do that. But the sense is that we don't go ahead and infringe upon somebody else's business. We don't go ahead. We're concerned about other people, right? We're concerned about the chuppah of other people, not to go ahead and to burn it, to be concerned where other people are. So but I also in a more simple sense I've never saw my Saba once in his entire life hurt somebody else. My Saba is a person who was hurt enough and knew exactly what that meant uh, to cause suffering to other people. To my knowledge, um, to my knowledge, I never once heard I never once heard my Saba... Um, even talking about difficult things, even talking about maybe sometimes the end of his tenure, uh, when he was talking to me, when he knew that I was going to smicha also and chinuch as well, never heard a, a word. He would he would give me the message. The message would be communicated, but there was never there was never a bad word about somebody else, and certainly never a bad thing to somebody else. My sabalid for 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 the Jewish people and for what he saw as artikuma as our reestablishment. Right, So he goes ahead and he says over here, <coughs> doesn't take up reproach against his relative is the translation over here. Cherpa uh, is also an embarrassment. Um, I would say that uh, many times with uh, the way that my sabba would deal with me, there was a great degree of embarrassment. The kisses and uh, being scraped along his beard when he would shave it sometimes. It would be very scruffy. And shwalbala um, and uh, and having all these names. My friends, uh, many of them, their sabbas did not have uh, names for them. And their sitter plays weren't causes for tears. And their bar mitzvahs weren't causes for tears. Everything for my saba was a cause celebre. was also cause for tears. There was kind of like a... To, to, re, to rephrase the plastic, there was a cherpa that I held, there was a kind of embarrassment that young me held uh, with my Saba because I couldn't possibly understand that every moment, every time that, that he saw us Every time that he saw his family, you know, he would use words like immortality, right? It would be like, stop but chill out a little bit, right? And, but he couldn't, and he wouldn't, because that's not, that, wasn't, that wasn't in his lexicon, because these words were in his lexicon, because somebody that was walking and saw every moment as a miracle, every sitter play was not meant to happen, or every bar mitzvah was not meant to happen, or that his uh, that his grandson would go into smicha that was also still not meant to happen, but but uh, but all of this this I'm, I'll be careful stuff I'm gonna <laughs> tappy stuff right so so that's uh, so that's cherpulonosal korovo so that's mekarivis so korovav so, so it definitely felt that uh, always physically and uh, and in essence every Shabbos and every time we spoke there was a sense of continuing to forge a relationship of my saba grabbing onto my brothers and I as being something it's grabbing onto immortality as grabbing onto uh, uh, my saba so the next one nivzabein of nimas somebody that um, somebody that looks upon themselves as 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 a uh, as um, sorry of nimas so in the sense it, it, over here it translates in whose eyes a vile person is described Right, so that's, uh, that's referring to King Cheskiah, whose father, Achas, was a wicked uh, Ovid of and Yehuda. So he didn't uh, bury his father in a proper way. Right, but also Nivzib Einov, just to render it differently, uh, my Saba had a kind of uh, Nivzib Einov of himself. Um, a kind of, uh, I wouldn't call it a self despisal at all, but I would call it a sense of uh, a lack of i am be very careful with what I'm saying here, because I'm, I'm opening up a, a sentence and maybe a wound a little bit. Um, my Saba had a sense that no matter how much he accomplished, and especially people in this community know how much he accomplished, my Saba had a kind of nivzah be'enav, a kind of, beinav, a kind of uh, lack of self-worth. And, and what I mean is the following thing, and he's managed to transmit this, I think, to all Rosenfeld boys, is uh, my, my Saba was, was utterly concerned with, uh, with his legacy with the sense, what am I leaving here that's lasting? What am I leaving here that's going to last after I'm gone? And, uh, and how will I ensure that I'm not forgotten? I mean, my Saba, my Saba mentioned this, especially when I was older. This came up a lot, it comes up in his writings a lot as well. Uh, there was a sense that if I survived and if I made it here and if I got to this place, um, how am I going to ensure that I leave some sort of a lasting impact? What's my edifice? What do I, what's the monument that I leave to this world? Um, it's something that I think we've inherited Uh, it's a a terrible thing to have Um, but it's also something that allows a person, we talk about in our theme, taking steps Safdie, okay? Yeah, thumbs up (laughs) (laughs) so, I'll tone it down but um, but it's (laughs) but but my, my saba had this kind of nivz of in a positive sense, that it was something that I think constantly motivated him to write more, to teach more, to, uh, to talk to us more, to transmit his message and what he thought and the way that he looked at the world to transmit that to us. That was an important part. But here it's, 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 it's seen in a different sense. So honors those who fear Hashem Zayoshvat Melch Yehudah. Shabishasha Rod Tamil Khacham, Yoshaf Malhuda when he saw Tamil Khacham, Hayah made Mikiso, a king who's really not allowed to do such a thing. A, kid, a king is not allowed, right? A king that goes ahead and says, no, you sit on the throne, so his covet is not machal. A king doesn't have the right to go ahead and be mochal, to go ahead and to, and to be mevat, to, to give up any of his honor, because it's not his honor, it's God's honor. But King Yehoshaphat, Melech Yehuda would get up, and when he would see a Tamil chachim, he would say to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, Mori, Mori, You would kiss him. And he would say, Avi, Avi, Rebi, revi, Mari, Mari, call out in all these honorifics, all these beautiful languages. That's so, so my Saba, right, Drav has a beautiful idea. He says, The Pasuk Ishkefi Mahalalo, a person can be known best by those that they praise. The people that my Saba praised are still my heroes. The people that my Saba uh, chose, I guess, to elude from his praise uh, conspicuously are people that I could recognize what my Saba was talking about. But when my Saba, who had been. I think, in a sense, in his family, that they had they had seen connections to its tzaddik and those that they still maintained afterwards. Uh, The way that my Saba talks about his family's Rebbe, whose Yartzeh was the same day as my Saba's, as Vav Shvat. The way that they talked about the family's Rav, whose cup my dad still makes Kiddush on now. Uh, The way that my Saba talked about other mechanchim and other people that I would mention to him, and the people from this community, really, this one is amazing, and this one is incredible, and he's a great doctor, and he's a a genius scientist. The way that my Saba would talk about the people here uh, was with such, you know, the way my Saba, when he it introduced me to Jack Greenwald right? Who should, who should uh, be well. So my sabu would the way my sabu would talk about him, you know. And I remember he would show up in the in that blue car in front of uh, Ido's. My saba would talk about this person with such a respect and honor and a sense of like, this is a Jew who's doing stuff for the Jewish community. The way that he would go through his, Jack's father's farim, the Kobo Anavellus, and the way that my saba treasured these farim. So that was a sense of somebody's, Yireh Hashem Yichbat, whether they were from the most simple to the greatest tzaddikim, the way that my saba talked about and and, and looked for the good in people and chose to respect that was a tremendous lesson in and of itself. And he would kiss them, Karilo Avi Avi Rabbi Rabbi Mari Mari so to go ahead and he would never he would take an oath to his own detriment and and he would never change his referring to Rav Yochanan Rav Yochanan would make a vow not to eat in certain people's houses and he would hold that even at great personal pain so my Saba, I think carried in his life certain vows certain things he writes in his uh, biography he says there was a desire at the very beginning to toss it all away there was a desire when he called them the wolf pack a bunch of uh, Hungarian boys that gathered together survived most of them without their families, that they were just wandering around Europe with their newfound freedom. Uh, he says he ended up on a farm once where they were growing hogs. And uh, he says his mother, my babi khanshi, would never touch it. She couldn't even bring herself. He said there was a sense that we have an opportunity now to toss it all away. And he writes in a sense of being forced, adjurated, uh, on oath. To go ahead and to somehow return, and return they did to a very different kind of Judaism from that which he had known, but no different in the sense of Amuna, no different in the sense of his kashrus, to Mitzvah's connection, to Mitzvah's and to Avodah's Hashem. Nishbal Aravali Amir says, No matter come what may, this is what we're going to stick with, this is what we're going to stay with. He was honest and good with his dealings over here, even though from a biblical perspective, so one is allowed to lend with interest. To, uh, to, to people that are not co-religionists so a person that goes ahead and goes and even to, uh, even to Gentiles would not even go ahead and exercise that right the financial right so uh, my relationship with money is an interesting one uh, we've heard all about different stock schemes that were supposed to go differently uh, my was not a person that money was the uh, nearly the, it, it wasn't even I don't think in the top 10 of important things in his life I think uh, I think it's, a soft, uh, it's different when you're shopping, I guess. But, uh, Cherry Creek is for walking. Cherry Creek is not for buying. That's um, it's a good place to walk. You don't buy there. <laughs> but um, but money um, money. I don't think uh, I think when you see that uh, that there's times in this world that money does nothing. That you could have everything, and, uh, and you're in the same uh, lager together with the person who had nothing, who was uh, who was living in a hovel previously. So, so what's what, what's money at that point? Sholcho naki lo lakach. Never took bribery. Honest. This is like He refused to sit in judgment against somebody who had previously gifted him fruits. He was so concerned about his mind and, and, and his ability to judge honestly being turned. Now, all these, right, so we talk about Eliyahu, Navi being So I thought it might be a good time if. You know, once I'm in Denver, to go ahead and to be mona shvachos saba to talk about my saba. The Gemara continues. The Gemara says, and this is the definition. I think these are. There's other things that a tzaddik can be, but all these things you have them, you are a tzaddik. And certainly, I would associate that with my saba. A tzaddik also, in a sense, means right. At the end of the day, my saba was right, and and he succeeded. Look at us. I mean, so he was right. Everything, every step along that way, amayim. Every miracle along that way revealed one great miracle, which is us. D. It's written, somebody that does all of these will never be moved. Will never be moved forever. That's what we're talking about the foundation, the lasting legacy, not being forgotten. Rogalia would get to the end of this, capital until you'd cry. It's Amr David Lahu Lekulhu, Somebody that does all of these things will never be moved. Uchadam, Inai, yamut? but they only do one of them, so then they're going to be moved. Then they're going to be, moved. Then going to be forgotten. They said, "Mixiv ose kolele, ose elikshiv." a feel bechad minaihu. So they assuaged Rabbi Gamliel's fears. Rabbi Gamliel, we always find this with the greatest tana'im, right? Like Rabbi Boch at the end of his life, and he said, "I don't know where I'm Where are they taking me?" Right? Rabbi Gamliel would read this. He'd say, "I'm not. I haven't filled all these." how can I do all these and consider myself a tzaddik so he's assuaged, right? So we can find all of us, right? We can find all of us located in the different in the different descriptions of what a tzaddik is of, of this Asherah through this uh, through this foundational capital to Hillen. E. By Yishayahu Yishayahu, Yishayahu Anabi came the al So then he folded in the list of eleven he folded it into six. tiksiv it was written in another mitmoch otam mishmo So the translation is over there in E. It's the page after. I'm sorry, I couldn't align the translations with the Hebrew. But it's another thing. It's also very similar, very related to the descriptions of the eleven qualities of the tzaddik, the David Amelech enumerated in his in the first capital that we that we talked about really interested in is the final two sections of this Gemara. Section F Ba Micha ve'amid al-shalosh So Micha Navi came and he infolded, he took what came from 613, from Tayag into 6, right? And then he comes from Yishayahu and now he folds it into 3. Mimcha. A person will tell you what's good and what does the Karsh Baruch want from you? So I'll tell you mishpat do righteousness, do justice, love acts of loving kindness, and you should walk humbly with Hashem, your God. So that's another if we could take everything, 613 to 11, to 6, to 3, act and perform works of justice, look for justice in the world. Avas love chesed and love acts of loving kindness. That's ne'alach, and do it all humbly. So it's almost like a one-hutsmanship. So Yishayahu, Chazal quote Yishayahu again, and they tell us he goes ahead and infolds it from three into two. How do we take all these ideas and find one heading, one, one chapter heading to infold all these ideas? So he says, justice and righteousness, right? Two different valences, two different poles of the same the same nesham of a tzaddik, to seek out justice on one hand and to go ahead and to do good. And we have descriptions, by the way, of great, uh, the Gemarin Sanhedrin the tells us that uh, when somebody comes to din, a great judge, what a great judge does, he says, look, before we come to an extended court case, let's go ahead, let's, let's try Bitsua. Let's try Bitzuah. That's the model of Aaron, Aaron HaKohen, who walks on another level, the Torah says, Moshe Rabbeinu is Yikav Adin He says, no, truth, truth, and only truth. That's all we've got, and no matter how painful it might be. And Aaron HaKohen says, look, we might not get the capital T, truth, but we could find a place of mutual understanding. Everybody's going to give a little bit. Everybody's going to go ahead. That's what it means to be like Tamidav shal Aaron HaKohen that we say in, in, the, in the second the of Perk so put it on two. Ba Amos. Amos came also from Treyosar. Ve'emid on Alachas. So he takes, finally, we've gotten almost to the conclusion. We have 613 into, into 11 by David HaMelech, into 6 by Yishael and Navi. Then again Micha with 3. Then again Yishael with 2. And Amos comes and puts it on one. And he says, Ko Amar Hashem Israel." So said God to the Jewish people, Seek me out and ye shall live. He says, okay, you want to put a chapter heading for all of Jewish life, chapter heading for all the commandments of the Torah? So it's Dir Shuni. It's Dir Shuni. Seek me out. Seek my face. Seek out godliness. Look for wherever it is. You might want to find it in the structure of mitzvahs, and certainly that's the model. The halach, that karshbach gave to us, which were to live a meaningful life, but certainly you could seek it out anywhere. Seek God out. Uh, we were at the stock show on, uh, on Friday. There were certain elements there. Seek God out at the stock show, right? We might go and see the mountains. Certainly to seek God out in the mountains, to seek God in every aspect of our relationships with people, with everybody, to seek God out. Seek me out, but also it could be interpreted in Talmud Torah. Expound upon the Torah, be in Torah. Come. With your own creativity, every single person has. Chazal tell us every person has their chazal tradition. Tells us every person has their oaths. Every person has their letter to go ahead and to expound upon, to add what we can to the Torah Dirshuni, to constantly be dorish, to constantly go ahead and to find our Nakuda, What can we expound upon in the Torah? Rav Nachman says, "No, that's that's a God bless you. It's a it's a beautiful chapter heading for everything, but really that, that goes back to six hundred thirteen. He says d'rishuni b'chalata Right? Dushuni is not just in one mitzvah. It's not just in one place. It's not just this large, gigantic idea of seeking God out in every nook and cranny of the universe that He's created. Dushuni v'chayu can mean you could seek God out for all tariyak mitzvahs. So that can't be it. Eleba chabakuk. Chabakuk canavikim, Kanavi canavikim. Vehemidon al achas. He put all of tariyak mitzvahs and He said we could fold it into one verse. Shenemar vitzadig be'emunos so a tzaddik, a righteous person, lives by their faith and their faith alone. So a word about Chavakuk, and we'll finish up with this. Chavakuk, a Navi, is a very strange and mysterious figure. We probably know less about any Navi in all of Tanakh than Chavakuk. It's, it's, I mentioned in the beginning, Chavakuk is only 54 verses long. The first two sections, the first two sections of Chavakuk are narrative, and it's probably, and it's amazing that we don't study it more, it's probably the most extended the most extended rebuke of God, the most extended questioning of God that we find in all of Tanakh. In fact, there's even a problem with translation because Chavakuk characterizes his own speech in the very beginning, in the first chapter of Chavakuk. Chavakuk characterizes his own speech as toichachos, as reproof. Like we're told, toichayach, toichayach, People, we should go ahead and when we see a person slipping in their Avoda Hashem and slipping and making mistakes and, and committing avera, God forbid. So when a person does that, so we each Jew as a, so nowadays we're not such experts on it, we have to be careful. So now we just go ahead and we try and love as much as possible, and that will bring people back. But 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 Chavakuk characterizes his own speech to Hashem as so, so some of the translations actually throw it back onto Chavakuk that God is reproving him. But but indeed. He, he echoes a contemporaneous Navi Yermia who said Tachashbarach, who railed against Hashem with the impending destruction. Right, the Kazdim are developing, Nevu is coming onto the scene, and he sees he sees his world starting to fall apart. He sees a world that was right, like the Roman Vishniac is underneath here, a world that once was. Now he sees that world reaching uh, what might be what might be a very terrifying end. And certainly certainly, the Jews in Carpathia didn't see it till much later, but, but there was a sense that their world, the way of life was falling apart. And, and, and the Navi yermia rails against the state of things. He says, Why is it that the way of the wicked, why do the wicked prosper? Why do they have it so easy? Why do they seem to, to be able to slide through the world and the tzaddikim don't prosper? So we find that echoed in a more minor in terms of the extent of his prophecy, but not minor in his righteousness. Havakuk says this again and again, Why is it that the wicked are being allowed to prosper? Why is it that the Kazdim are able to run rampant all over Mesopotamia, and the ancient Near East at the time, with their fierce battles? He describes them in words and verses that are really only meant that to describe HaKadosh Baruch in Scripture. He says, they laugh at kings. They scoff at their armies. It's meaningless to them. They could run over it and destroy anything in their path. Chavakuk says, this is terrifying and this is what's coming for us. This is what's coming for the Beis HaMikdash. Karsh Baruch Hu, what are you going to do about it? And Chavakuk, like any Navi, he says, I stand and I waited to receive the answer. I don't just leave the railing at God. I don't just leave my anger at what's happening, at the tragedy, at the destruction that's Mimamish Lavo. He says, he describes in very... Well, Lucif turns. He says, I, I stood at the top of this tower and I waited for Al Baruch Hu's answer. And he says, the answer came to me and it's one of the first verses, the fourth verse of the second chapter. He says, Tzadik yichya. He says, you should know that the only way you're going to make it through is if you're seeking out an answer, if you're seeking out some sort of a pat way of characterizing world events as they're happening and unfolding in front of you. If you're seeking out a way to rationalize this intense fear that you're experiencing, and you're describing in such beautiful words of nevuah that are going to last. They're nimamid for doros that last are for us. The only reason we have them is because the nevuah, like the Navian that we have, are meant to be for us. The Gemara says those are the only Navuas that are written down. If it's just for the, the destruction of first base amikdash, it doesn't help us. It's history. But if it's for now, it's, if it's nevuah, it's for now. For Jan, what's the twentieth? For January twentieth, two thousand nineteen. So Chavakuk says the only way that you are going to make it through is that you are going to know that by faith and by faith alone. And this faith doesn't mean having a set answer. This faith doesn't mean that I know the answers to my questions. My Saab was a cherenovracha. It was not somebody that was interested in answering questions. My Saab was somebody that recoiled recoiled at those that tried to characterize his experience and the experience of his family, as we'll see in a moment, try and give you some sort of a neat answer to understand what they went through or what his people went through. Somebody says that faith means it's a switch that you flip on and off and you either have it or you don't. My would, my would laugh at that idea because faith translates really as practice. Right, the Shoresh, my Saba love Diktok, and I stink at it, but my Saba love Diktuk, right? To, to look at Shoresh and to teach us Lashna Kodesh, right? Why is it such a holy language? Right, words in Hebrew, especially modern Hebrew, to work out, Uman, an artist, right? To answer Amen, to affirm something. Faith isn't something that's either you have it or it's not binary. It's a practice. It's a life's philosophy, it's something that means getting into the areas the Arafel, the the darkness and the opaque thickness of life that God is to be found in and to say this is where I'm gonna seek out God. This is where I'm gonna seek out my answers. And I know it might not be that I can answer. I don't know if my Saba got answers. My Saba got us. My Saba got you guys, my Saba got this community, my Saba got Hillel. My Saba had the ability, he had his Gilyonos on Bamidbar, his son San Shmos. You had the TU conferences. You had the Catskills Hotel they used to go to with you. That's what my Saba had. That was part of an answer. It wasn't, it wasn't the answer. But the way to go ahead and to experience those as being a whole is to live with it. The emunas o yichya, Not the emuna, right? It's not this concept that you either have, have or you don't. The emunas your own faith. Your own way of dealing with your questions. Your own way of dealing with your demons. My Saba finishes off and he says, I'm still struggling with this question. Hester upon God's turning his face from us, abandoning us to our own fate is just as unacceptable to me as the sinner's theory, that somehow they deserved it. They both have at their core the notion that our martyred loved ones deserved God's abandonment and his wrath. They certainly did not. Trying to find an answer to this dilemma has almost literally driven me out of my mind. So he was seeking answers. Hundreds of hours of soul-searching have not given me any relief. I still struggle with the nightmarish images I witnessed. I guess some things are just beyond our capacity to understand. Or perhaps there is nothing to understand. It just happened because people allowed it to happen, period." That stance allows one to go ahead and to write the next paragraph, which appears at the very end of the postscript. He says, "...the tattooed principle has persevered and triumphed over most of his persecutors albeit the price paid was enormous, and in spite of the ghosts and the demons and horrors of the past come piercing through the very fragile facade put up with such great efforts to temporarily paralyze the creative energies during the day, to terrorize the tranquility of the night with horrific nightmares of the past, in spite of our tormentors, we continue to live, we as in us. We continue to live, to be creative, and to contribute to societies that are willing to accept us as equals. So as we go ahead and conclude right now, called two final psukim, tzadik be'monosa yichya, certainly my saba seems to evince this in his own writings, and with his own life, and with the tzadikos that he represents, the tzidkos they he represents, with every aspect of that capital of Tehillim that we read. We're told in Tehillim, David HaMelech also says, rabos roos tzadik, sometimes many evil befalls the tzadik, wumikulom yatsi lenu Hashem, faith, the practice of faith, the ability to recognize that faith is sometimes a concept that is very fraught, And doesn't provide easy answers. That allows God to save you. And we know that David HaMelech is, this is cited again in Ezra's commentary to another Pesach says, Tzadik may fall down seven times or more. If you go ahead and you look to it and you see only evil and you see not an opportunity for building, not an opportunity to persevere and to look for something greater in the future horizon, not to wait for that next step, so what happens is, is that just like the Jewish people in this week's parsha, after all their suffering, they're able to sing shira. And just like Chavakul Kanavi, in the third chapter, Chavakul Kanavi says, one of the most beautiful shira, song. After all of this railing, and after all this confusion, he sings song. And I think in this very house still, and they'll finish with this, that my saba and I mentioned this idea this week, and I think it's true, that much of what we have, much of the success of Torah Judaism, much of the success, our, our shuls, our institutions, are most of those. The places that we're able to learn, the fact that we're learning, the fact that we're able to do that. So much of that is due to people like my Saba and other survivors who are able to sing. Like the Jewish people at the Yamsov after they finished, after they crossed. Like Chavakuk Hanavi after he saw the destruction that was Memamish Lavo, and he had all these questions and he answered it with Tvila, right, with song. With song, that's the answer that these survivors gave us. The Mikdash Iktuv, as my used to say. We should return to our Beis HaMikdash, we should return to a build rebuilt Yushalayim, karta de Shufraya to the, to another beautiful song kariba on the Negin they used to sing. So we should return back to built Yushalayim, and hopefully we'll greet there My Saba together with all the other Tzaddikim, Yagin Thank you all so much for coming. Okay.